Welcome, dear listeners, to a little podcast we like to call The Future Will Not Be Podcast. It is an unscripted, unedited conversation about Future Shock, this crazy idea that technology is accelerating so quickly that our simple human minds, our laws, our societies can't keep up, and why that has been an issue for previous generations. You know, uh, we struggled with the Industrial Revolution. We struggled way back with the agricultural, the Neolithic Revolution. But today, in 2018, the 21st century, it's different, and things are about to get crazy. And that's a problem for our generation and our children's generation. With me are the hosts of this show, in order of most Instagram followers. Hmm. Alex Fitzpatrick. Hello, hello. I am Matt Silverman. And at the bottom of that totem, Evan Engel. Wow, Evan, all that fashionista content is not getting you any any love, huh? Is that true? I didn't know this. I I, wow. I was unaware. Is that I had to look it is up. that a fact? This oh, changes wow. the entire dynamic and yeah. power structure of our entire operation. <laughs> yep. That's true. This is groundbreaking. To be fair, to be fair, my account is is private. Yes. Oh, I, well, I have that a, lock, a locked count. account. So, sure. Yeah. Did you did you lock your account because you couldn't get any followers, Evan? Did you just kind of <laughs> just excuse? give up? He said, "You know well, what? Screw this." <laughs> Our listeners will never know the beautiful content I'm posting behind that behind oh, that well, door. Well, they could request access. They can, they can, but I will deny. Yeah, this brings us directly to the topic of today's show, which is. Social media, but I'm going to put a, an asterisk here and say that we, we have covered media uh, that is publishing yep. and television and, and, and what that means on the internet and what it means for the future. Today, we're specifically going to hone in on social media, which was part of that uh, Venn diagram as we discussed media, but specifically uh, social media as average users engage with it. And by that, we mean that for many generations, media was um, uh, a one-way street, let's call it. And now we're living in this world where everybody maintains a public persona or, or not everyone, but many, many people maintain a public persona. That's not an earth shattering statement. We've been talking about this for a decade and change, but we have a generation of kids and young adults and dare I say young professionals. I feel like we came into our own at a time when your personal brand was very important and perhaps still is. And there is this notion that your public persona is on 24-7. And that's fun. That's cool. You can build something cool out of that. Uh, I really enjoy that aspect of our 21st century lives, but it can be stressful. It can be, uh, it, it can alter our perceptions of ourselves and certainly of each other. And what is that doing to our society? And are we able to account for the social ills that it is bringing upon us as quickly as all the cool benefits. And there's lots of discussion and psychological studies that say we're in, in a little bit of trouble. So that is the topic of today's show. Social media, eh, but it's a kind of a janky word for this notion that we all live in the public square all the time. And what do you gentlemen make of that? Yeah, I mean, I almost think of it as like beyond social media, it's like social performance, right? It's this idea that 
Um, you know, a lot of us are doing our thing, you know, IRL, as the kids say in real life. And then, but then like what we share and post online is sort of a performative version uh, of what we're up to in real life where, it, you know, it, it gets a polish, it gets a sheen, it, it looks better than it is. Um, and, you know, there are the people who, um, take it to the to the extreme and try to make money off it by becoming like a capital I influencer, uh, which is apparently a viable career path, I guess now. Um, and that's uh, it's an extreme and it's it's both horrifying and interesting to me as so many of the things that we talk about are right for sure. Question question I have for you all, uh, or or rather, should we issue a disclaimer? Uh, is is the chance of uh, kids these days very high in this episode? Is this is is this like the highest risk kids these days episode well, we've ever made? I don't know. Yes and no, I guess because it's certainly a generational thing, but also I feel like um, a lot of the younger kids these days, and there it is. There's the ding. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's certain there's a certain amount of them. They're doing stuff that like they're not being a lot of them are not being quite as public like they're the kids who are going full on like full youtube and embracing that whole like broadcast personal broadcast world but then there's also a lot of kids who are like sort of reeling at that and doing so you know doing their social media in like small text groups uh they're creating like you know two instagram accounts one is like a public thing and the other is like the private instagram for close friends only where they're a little more relaxed and a little more like real quote unquote um so i think there's a there's a rebellion amongst this uh, or a rebellion regarding this idea of um you know broadcasting everything all the time i'm gonna be mindful of the kids these days conversation because i tend to lean toward uh when, when this stuff comes up i tend to lean toward like eh, the kids are all right and everything's fine and we got very upset about rock and roll and we got very upset about dungeons and dragons and we got very upset about television and we all came out okay you know what i mean so if if we if we ebb toward that extreme i'll try to be one of the voices uh, i don't know man defense. all that time i spent uh, as a chaotic neutral in D really messed me up for the rest yeah. of my life so yeah. <laughs> i don't know so all right so so there was something fitz you said earlier that i think probably yeah. hits probably hits square to, to what the three of us are all worried about here and that's that's real right these kids have have an account where they might be a little bit more real and differentiate it from the account where where things aren't real right like this is this is what i the thing that where that keeps me up is it's like you know our 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 parents used to have parties at their houses and they and and we would all have to clean the house right because the house was instead of becoming just our family space it was becoming a big social space and and when you have a social space like that you want to you want to present well right so like it's not new necessarily that like somebody might might like frame you know frame their messy the messy shot of their or the messy side of their room will be framed out of an Instagram photo right like that's not that that is is only an extension probably of something we've been doing forever mm-hmm. but i guess i guess the concept the question is is where does that line get crossed at what point do do we stop acknowledging that that's what we're doing do we ever acknowledge that that's what we're doing mm-hmm. or are we constantly trying to pretend 
like this is real and, and is our entire life now a social space and it doesn't have the confines of our home and it doesn't have the the time constraints of a of a party that goes for four hours a night right and, and is, just adding on it, to, just adding on to your analogy a more uh, uh direct uh connection you don't put the bad vacation photos in the photo album. You only put yeah. the good ones where we all look good and it's a beautiful vista. Like we've been curating our shared and or public lives forever as long as there's been media. And I think the line that we're coming up against is that it is something, for lack of a better term, hyperconsumption, right? Meaning no matter where, no matter what I'm doing on the internet, that photo album is in my face all the time, arguably 24-7, and from everyone I've ever met, from my closest, from my wife, the closest person in my life, to the random person I met at a conference six years ago, yeah. that, that curated album and their curated life is in my feeds always. And that yeah. seems to be the difference. That's the difference. And the difference also is like some of those people are trying to sell you things. Mm. Uh, and that feels weird and different to me and a little bit scary in that like it, what sort of like offends me, I guess, is this idea that, um, you know, so these there's a subset of people now who are making money by I mean, I guess like, you know, hustle, do what you got to do to get by. But like, you know, there's a subset of people who are um basically turning themselves into walking advertisements. And I guess to some extent, you know, anytime you wear a company's logo on a t-shirt or whatever, like that's what you're doing. But like, I don't know, something about it just really irks me in the sense that like, I see people, especially like as I see people who I went to high school with and people I know try to become this sort of Instagram influencer thing. Um, it just, it feels so fake and artificial to me that it really, uh, I don't know, just weirds me out in a way that I have trouble articulating. And I have a question slash counterpoint to that. Um, is it any different than a television star or a movie star doing uh, lots of or the occasional commercial because their following or their persona is valuable? And so if a movie star does a watch commercial or whatever, can't think of a better a Nike commercial, whatever, um, that creates a lot of value but if a person with 10,000 Instagram followers obviously less famous than a movie star but still at scale provides value to a brand it, it, you know I don't I don't view an inherent difference between those two things but I think the thing that might be irking you and I understand is that there's way more of it because everybody is on, is now on that sliding scale so George Clooney uh, is a big movie star who can do television commercials and billboards, whatever. And your friend with 5,000 Instagram followers can also partake. And that seems like it's like now it's everywhere. Is that, is that, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it. It's also just a little bit cringe inducing just the quality of the work that they're doing. Right. Like if they were like the, if the photography was super stunning and they were doing a really nice job with it, that's one thing. Um, but like what they're doing is just really low grade stuff that it's right. like that this, combines it, with this idea this of like, me? I think is it's, this me you're talking about? This is no. me. Isn't it? <laughs> you got a locked account, man. You can't be selling yeah, it private. Yeah. That's, oh, okay. that's, a, that's okay. a bad strategy. Okay. No, okay. I think it's part of, part of that. And part of like, you know, partially like the quality is so low and maybe it's just because it's people I know. And like, it just feels like they're selling out to some extent. Um, but this is, we've talked about this and I want yeah. to get into it here too. The reason 
social media is bad today is because not everyone is good at creating content. Right. But right. now the platforms are so mainstream and ubiquitous that everyone and their mom literally is a content creator and 95% of those people should not be taking photographs publicly, should not be writing statuses, should not be speaking publicly on the internet in comments because they are bad at content. And that is why the news feeds of the world feel so bad, depressing, hopeless. Not because it's it's depressing content, but it's because you open up your average news feed and it's like, this is not worth my time and energy and it feels bad to be here. I think that's what we're what we're at where we're at right now in terms of uh, social media. That's my sure. pers- my perception. But to, to play devil's advocate with my own sort of frustrations a little bit, because I think that's an interesting exercise. Like, <laughs> is it sort of empowering the sort of the idea that you were getting at earlier where we're on the sliding scale of, you know, Clooney to us, um, which like is a very, very long sliding scale. Let's make that clear. Uh, a lot of space between those two points. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, is it empowering that we can you know, sort of operate on that scale at all and like make some money and sort of, you know, maybe become economically viable in doing that. Like, yeah, it's just, it's a new way to work, I guess. And like, maybe that's it's, an interesting way to look at it too. And I, I think that's what it is. And I, and I hate to, I hate to agree with that, but, but I think part of the issue that we're having with it and I, and I have the same issue with this, but it, it, it's, it, we, we are coming at it. We, we were the first generation to have social media. Right. And we were the first generation to use it and to, and to say, oh, dude, who I went to high school with, what are you doing? And like, and like actually find some sort of value in that relationship. Right. And maybe the reason what we're seeing now is not, is not that sort of value become polluted for, for crass commercial gain. But maybe what we're seeing is, is the opposite. It, it, maybe this is coming from the opposite end. Maybe this is coming from the George Clooney end of the spectrum as far as it is from there. And also, I think it's pretty funny that like three dudes in their thirties, like George Clooney, is the, the, the like <laughs> of the, what we can, the, the most aspirational reference. celebrity that we can come up with. We are so. I mean, old. I mean, name another one, right? Like, come on, Car- Cardi B. I don't know who the kids are into. All I mean is, is maybe, maybe your friend who's who's got five thousand followers and and takes bad photos and is not me. You say. Uh, maybe that person is, is an, a new kind of celebrity and not a polluted old friend, if that makes yes. sense. Yes, 100%. Yes. And I agree with, uh, with both of those premises. And I would say that I think the sadness or frustration that Alex is expressing might be around this idea that when your high school friends tried to be famous in the 80s they would go on auditions and yeah. and struggle to be, like they would be a struggling actor a struggling mm-hmm. artist and they would fail in private because they'd be in auditions or casting calls and it would suck and their lives would suck and we never saw that now we see them trying to be youtubers or instagram influencers and you see them failing because they th- those those handful of people who should not be doing that because they're not they're not talented for lack of a better term that's very elitist or you know jerky to say but uh, it's hard to watch that play out in real time in your feed all the time and that may be what we're what we're cringing at 
Well, I'm glad that I managed to turn this podcast into my personal therapy session because those <laughs> sessions get really expensive and this is free. This is free, baby. So I'm digging it. Uh, but like, and I totally, that's a really great point. And I think you kind of nailed it there. Um, but also, you know, to, to get into the future shock of it all, as far as society goes, you know, what are, I'm sort of mystified by the ethics of it all. Um, in the sense that like there are ethics in advertising, right? Like if you see an ad, you should be at least aware that it's an ad. And a lot of what we see on social that's trying to sell us something, you know, is at best, there's like a caption buried deep in Instagram somewhere that says hashtag ad or something, right? Like at SponCon. SponCon. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I've never um, heard that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, there's something skeevy about that as well to me too. Like this idea that yeah, there's such a like a weird like th- it's just such an unregulated space right now, and like the FTC, God bless them, is trying, but like there's so much content out there that is advertising that's not being uh, promoted as such, right, or labeled as such, um, and it just feels really bad and gross. Yeah, and in the same way that we kind of arrived at this question uh, when we were talking about media of like. Can we ever achieve media literacy in in a in a world with the internet where, where the conf- content is infinite and scammers and um, fake news is infinite and can and and impossible to police even at the highest technological level? I don't know that there is a solution to is this an ad? Is this not an ad? Is everyone following the rules? What are the rules? Is the government involved? Is the government enforcing? Blah blah blah. I, I think that is an unwinnable thing. Uh, it's an unwinnable battle. Uh, tell me if you think differently. If we could figure out a solution to that, we'd have we we would we wouldn't have to make a show. Uh, <laughs> sure. No, but I, I'm just pondering just pondering all that. Just just so so if that is an unwinnable battle, and 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 I think it is, then what does that mean for authenticity for concepts of and and I think this is getting back to to probably the biggest problem that we have here is it's like if you're if your friends are new kinds of celebrities, right? And and that's your feed. Then like that's that maybe that's fine. Maybe we've just invented a new kind of celeb and that's cool, but then like that's not authentic. That's an ad. What where can you go online to find any semblance of reality? Or does that or is there no such thing? That's a deep question. Well, yeah, but, but, I mean, what is reality at that point, right? Thing, yeah. Yeah. Like what are you looking for exactly? Mm. I mean, picture, if you want to imagine the future, picture a boot stamping on a face and someone cropping out the boot forever. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag SpawnCon. Bye, Timberlands. (laughs) I don't don't know the answer to your question, and I really would like to get into it, but I just had one brief thought, is that the capitalist answer to that question is that uh, in a sea of um, fakeness or non-reality, no, not real things, the authentic people and authentic content will be chosen by the market because we'll all get sick of the fakeness. That's the capitalist answer. I don't think that's actually true, but yeah. I think that's what tech companies and yeah, uh, people who think the influencer culture is the greatest thing. I think that's what they will say or believe. Yeah, Maybe, I mean, I think but, that sounds like a, a decent argument. Evan, go ahead. 
well, I just sure. I, I, I mean, I, I believe that's what they'll say. I just don't see any any historical evidence of that, like at all, right? <laughs> like, like when when has that ever borne out? When have consumers ever bought the more authentic thing and not the one that's just the you know everything? Nike buys Converse, right? Like, like everything right. becomes highly packaged and highly produced and and highly divorced from from any realities of 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 take your pick of labor of environmental impact of any of these things right it's mm-hmm. it's the the cost of every item is is hidden from us so with so so cleanly uh i don't i don't see that changing anytime soon mm-hmm. i guess my uh, another source of my skeeviness like to get back to that a little bit or my 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 personal skeeviness yes or my my feelings <laughs> of skeeviness is like I mean, we could we could do a whole separate podcast yeah, about how skeevy yeah. I am, but that's a, this whole it's a deep well of content. Um, he has the most but, Instagram followers for a reason, people. Ah, uh, yeah, totally. By Nikes, um, <laughs> but the reason no, no, no. Like so one of the reasons that it freaks me out is like it feels a bit like when people sort of just become walking advertisements or like make their feeds into advertisements for companies and sort of get into that whole thing. It, it feels like corporatism subsuming the individual at a very terrifying level like people just do it because it's like oh hey i get free shoes or yogurt or a trip to greece or whatever um for doing this stuff but you're sort of selling your very sense of individuality to this larger corporation the the individual yes yeah like that really weirds me out subsuming the individual that's the crux because when it was entertainment like movies and tv and music being um subsumed by corporate brands at least that was one industry taking over and you know selling out quote unquote inside another industry but it was still like business and it was still industries being you know having synergies with each other and all that stuff this is as you said a, a deep a deep um uh, takeover of the individual of an individual identity and that feels different and more icky some some somehow yeah yeah it feels i mean we talked about in a recent episode you know sort of corporatism versus the state like what is the more uh powerful institution at this point or what will be the more powerful institution not too long from now um and i feel like you know we kind of came down on the side of corporatism winning that battle and i think we're also seeing not only the corporations subsume the state to some degree but also the corporations subsume the individual i mean look at how many if you if we publish like a negative article about apple or tesla especially tesla anything musk you know this guy has got such a cult of personality and the company has such a cult of personality and people come out of the woodwork to defend him and they feel such a strong connection to this brand and like are those two world-changing companies absolutely uh do they should people you know feel more of a connection of i am a tesla super fan than like i am a new yorker or i am a brooklynite or i am a republican or democrat like that's i don't know about that that's weird mm-hmm. and any of this is is weird a, a few years ago uh, PBS did a doc, and I think it was an episode of Frontline, uh, but I'm blanking. But I remember this this stunning moment in there where they they had throughout the thing, they, you know, they they had testimonials from kids. They interviewed dozens and dozens of kids, and one question they asked every kid, they said, "What is selling out? What is that? What is that term? What does that mean?" Hmm. And the kids didn't know. The kids the kids were like, "What do you mean selling out? Like a concert?" The, <laughs> oh no. The, 
the idea, what happened to punk rock man yeah yeah well well i'll tell you what happened to punk rock like punk rock became skate culture and in skate culture the best thing you could do would be to get sponsored by by converse or girl or one of the, you know like take your pick yeah um, so like it's it the kids don't have this concept that brand values and and in are 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 lethal to some sort of personal authenticity Right. The kids in the kids mind, it's like, oh, if you can get sponsored to do your YouTube series by a brand, then you've made it like what's wrong with that. And it's it's this strange thing. And I I always wonder if it's something like like when we were growing up, the idea of of a brand coming and paying for art was like the the, like that was gross. Right. That was like the 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 B story in like every soap opera was like, oh, like. Now Johnny's got a deal and he can't swear in his songs or I don't know. I don't, I'm sure there's some teen show <laughs> where that happened. I, but, but I mean like maybe, maybe like did brands get smarter? Did brands start sponsoring cooler things and stop putting like weird, uh, like, like weird moralistic codes on the art they sponsored or did, did artists just get more desperate and and lose that that sort of sense of of authenticity? Well, then? Let's let's talk. Uh, yes and yes, but more importantly, let's talk about the market forces on the internet. Yeah, uh, that led us to this place. Uh, as someone who we all we all create content on the internet for very for various publishers and for ourselves at various levels and uh, successes, right? Yeah. Not, none of it very successful. <laughs> sure. Agreed. <laughs> uh, there, we all know there is no money to be made on the internet unless it is presented by Nike Samsung or Dunkin' Donuts. Samsung. Uh, point being, banner ads on text articles are baloney. Pre-roll on YouTube is nonsense. Um, whatever dynamic ads we could insert into a podcast such as this are pennies compared to the amount of effort it takes to create and make good, professional, excellent content of any sort on the internet. So the point yes, is... Yes, but we love our sponsors. We love our sponsors. Thank you. We, we love we love them. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Allbirds and Casper and NatureBuck. <laughs> <laughs> now you can have shoes and a mattress and razors delivered to your door in one The shoes are made box. out of mattress. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find the razors in the shoes. Be sure to take them out before you put your shoes in. We do this for packing page have, purposes, but it's yeah. a really bad idea. We should have thought this through. We should have thought yeah. it through. But but th- this is what is this is what is. Uh, f- I believe in branded content as as a content creator. I believe in branded content. I believe it is the best sort of advertising that you can do, and I believe in that model. But at the same time, the economics of the internet have forced professional content creators into this corner where we can't make a living any other way. So we have to quote unquote sell out to brands and and if you do it ethically and properly i don't believe it's selling out i think it's a it's a really wonderful way to make a living you you build an audience and then you partner with a, an aligned brand to sell boxes of snacks or razors to your devoted listeners and it's better than pre-roll and it's better than banner ads and it's better than television commercials and everyone wins but but obviously we're think we three and others of our, in our industry try to do it in the most ethical and and good positive way and 
lots of people on Instagram and YouTube are are not doing that. So so though I view that as the 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 marketplace of of advertising that we have found ourselves in, and no wonder everyone's thinking of it that way. To sound or sound the uh, kids these days alarm once again, like and to go back <laughs> to a go. point. I think that's a great point. But to go back to the sort of idea that kids, younger kids, are you know not even thinking about selling out or maybe not familiar with that concept. The thing that worries me is that, um, you know, corporations are extremely powerful entities and they should not be trusted. Uh, we should be skeptical of corporations. We should be skeptical of power in all shapes and forms, right? Not to say that we should be uh, overly skeptical uh, and not trust anything, any any source of power at any time, um, but they deserve our skepticism yeah. um, and need to earn our trust. And I think that as kids grow up in a world where uh, maybe they don't have that inherent skepticism, that becomes problematic when company A is like, oh, we're going to use child labor in China or we're going to dump these toxic materials in the river. Uh, and people are like, cool, well, I'll still get cheap shoes. Right. And, you know, that's a problem. I have yeah. another um, meta generational question in, in this idea that like we used to view art. I think Evan, you were saying this idea that like we used to view art as a, some sort of pure thing, and then if you compromise that art, you were a sellout. Uh, and and you guys jokingly mentioned punk rock, which is obviously iconic for this. But I guess I'm wondering like if you. If we were even hearing a punk rock song, meaning it was on the radio, it was on a tape or a CD that we acquired, like to that for that media to even reach us, that band or artist had to sign a contract with a record label that completely, you know, funded or compromised the work so it could even reach us and send give us that message of like rock and roll is cool, punk rock's cool, like. I just unless you were like in the indie underground scene of whatever city, New York or whatever, you were listening to compromised art anyway. We just felt like it was cool and edgy and and not selling out because we didn't know any better. So I guess I'm saying like maybe we were all just stupid and now that we're adults, we kind of see that everything is everything that gets made is sold out or compromised with the exception of like you know, I painted a, you know, a sign on a piece of wood and stuck it on the edge of a building. And I, I you know, with maybe Banksy, I don't know, is the only not non sellout in the world. Who, who, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah to take that a step further, like, you know, it, 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 the inverse is happening with the internet as well in that, like, we are now hearing artists who have not gone through that process, mm -hmm. right? Like anybody, any old Joe Schmo can throw up a single on YouTube or whatever. And like even Spotify is working now with a bunch of indie artists with like pretty minimal oversight or involvement or whatever. Uh, and we're hearing a bunch of music that we would not probably have heard elsewise. Yep. Which is yeah. cool. Yeah. Good. Inherently. Right. So then, so then that's, that's, that's a weird twist on this, right? If here we were worried that, that, everything is compromised now and everything is, is, and there's no such, there's no reality anymore. But to use that example, like, are we finally actually getting art that's realer than what we grew up with? I think maybe, yes. but I worry like the money is still in the bullshit, right? Or the BS. Sorry. Well, the money, the money's <laughs> um, always, the money's always in the BS. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, totally. But, but think um, about all the open source creative commons kind of culture out there and, and not even maybe not even that, but more like people who make art 
uh, who don't even care about um, getting the money. They just want it to be out there. They just want people to enjoy it. Maybe they want to be famous, but they don't necessarily aspire to be a business around it. Like there's tons of those people on the internet and gosh bless them. It's a great time to be an artist and to be a consumer of it. Sure. Uh, To get into the, a little bit more of the future shock of this all as well. Like, let me postulate this, like what happens a few years in the future from now? Is it just, is the internet is like social media and the internet as we know it, is it just all of our friends and us trying to sell our other friends stuff in exchange for a cut or in exchange for free stuff? Like, is that just how we get things or will that be what it looks <laughs> That's like? That's the entire right? economy. Right. Yeah. People trying to sell other people's stuff. I, I mean, I think that's going to be it. Like, I think it's going to be us passing around referral links. I mean, it already is that to a degree, right? Like anytime you sign up for a new app and there's a referral link, like, don't you, don't you like, like, it's like you, you find yourself working it into, I, I, I got a car and I, I won't say it, but I just mean like, like there's, I, I find myself referring friends using this link because it's like, it'll save them $25 and it'll save me $25. And we, we both think we win. Uh, ultimately, it's the app that wins, right? And and right. like I see that linking into my own life. So yeah, Fitz, I think I think that is the future. Though I will say, devil's advocate, there are bastions of the internet that are almost they're culturally and diametrically opposed to advertising and gaming. And and Reddit comes to mind. Of there, there is a culture that it's a platform that can and has and does get gamed all the time. But yeah. there is an inherent the culture has an inherent BS detector that when advertising and brands kind of creep in and sneak around in there, there are mechanisms where the communities on Reddit uh, will flush them out, shut them down, downvote them and yell about them. And sometimes to an extreme. Uh, but, but I look at those kind of cult- internet cultures and I say, yeah, this is a safe place with where I can go and say the content I'm seeing here is, yeah, maybe 65% authentic and real. And it's just people wanting to talk about cool stuff. And it's not, it's not my friends trying to sell me stuff and not brands trying to sell me stuff. It's a place for authentic conversations. Great asterisk with a grain of salt. Nothing on the internet is truly authentic, but it is a more authentic antidote to the Instagrams and Facebooks of the world, which are almost entirely ads at this point. That brings up a point I wanted to get at earlier and forgot to raise, which is, you know, I think, you know, we talked about media literacy in an earlier episode, um, but I think people's sort of radar for advertising, it's much more finely tuned than their me- than their radar for like BS in reporting mm-hmm. or, you know, other, mm-hmm. other sort of things. I think people, maybe it's just because we see so many advertisements that we it's sort of like, pornography like we know when we see it right um but like there's definitely some sense i think that people are aware like oh yeah this thing is trying to sell me an ad and like maybe sometimes people don't care like there are people who love super bowl commercials because they're often good and funny right and well produced um and you know you flip through any old magazine and like some of the most fun stuff to look at are the ads because like number one they're you know, a product of their time and sort of an artifact, but also like some of them are just really beautiful and like well-made and like good photos or whatever. Right. I worry that the, I worry that the detector is not really present because 
like magazines, advertising is so seamlessly woven into the content. Uh, a case in point, but like example being like we have had this like widespread trend of like, here's a video from Business Insider and it's just text on a screen of like a cool bakery that made a cool cake and isn't it amazing? And so that looks like something that looks like just content that is like just snackable and interesting, shareable and that that those kinds of videos were and continue to be rampant. And then, oh, wouldn't you look at this? Like the advertisements that that I make at work for my job and others are formatted exactly the same way. Yeah. It's cool, yeah. compelling imagery with text on screen. And it's not just like, and it's not like, you know, it doesn't look like a Nike television commercial. It just looks like, oh, this cool person did a cool thing. And isn't it amazing? And check out this link and you could check, you could get yours too. And so I, despite marking as paid and marking as advertising, following all of Facebook's and the FTC's rules, which we certainly do at work, we're making these things to look like just content on purpose. Uh, that's yeah, the game. Yeah. And so, and I don't, I just don't know that people are dis- d- discerning between the two. Well, I just got to agree with Matt there on that. Cause I think about, I think about every trend piece you ever read, right? Mm. Like, like, Oh, like it's really in now for men to wear like upside down tuxedos. And like, you're like, what? And like, you read this whole thing and it's like, it's become such a problem that this tailor on fifth Avenue is having, you know, he's, he's got more upside down tuxedos than he knows what to do with now. And it's just like, Oh, and you don't, and it takes you until the, the seventh graph to realize like where this piece came from. And it's somebody's, right. somebody's PR company and, and shipped this whole thing out and, and you're reading it in the one, the one spot that bit. Yeah. Uh, so you and so you're you're saying like I feel like us and our colleagues will be on the lookout for the presented by tag or logo or something that a reputable media company should be putting on their site to denote advertising. But but I think what you're saying is um, the reporter or the publication just kind of took a press release or took a pitch and made a story out of it. Instead of like seeking out the story and on his well, or her bit and that's, is that and that's been the case for for a long time. I think I don't I don't think that's actually mm-hmm. an, an inherently digital problem. I think that's something that that's for, I think for as long as there's been news, there have been there have probably been PR people who have been trying to influence it and and get their products in in, in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I think you know I mean I think they've gotten very very good at it. To the point that yeah, so that's think... PR is different from advertising, right? So like ethics are dicey, but um, if the publication was not paid for that article, then okay, is that advertising? It's certainly marketing, but the, there's are there are lines between those two terms. Blah blah blah. blah it's, right? it, it's a semantic difference, but if if what we're worried about is is authenticity, then I yeah, mm-hmm. then I I don't know that there's a huge difference there. Right sure. at the end of yep. the day, this article is coming out because somebody somewhere is trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Did, did we solve it? Is, did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think yeah. we fixed it all. all right, yeah. great. All right, excellent. Great. Another another good good show, guys. Uh, let's 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 fast forward as we tend to do. I mean, you, I think you posed the question earlier, but um, ten years, twenty years, like. What does social media become? Obviously, the news feeds of the world are probably going to go away in favor of some other thing. Uh, you know, do we get tired of the influencer culture and get back to basics as the the kids today? There you go, ring the bell. Uh, tend to 
you know, maybe there are two camps. One is like, I want to be a famous YouTuber slash Fortnite player. And the other camp is like, just me and my buddies in a, in a group chat. That's all we do. That's what I use my phone for. Uh, do, do we kind of uh, go back toward that instead? Uh, I'm sure there's room for both, but w- w- what are we seeing 10 years, 20 years out? Yeah, I mean, I think you're kind of, I think it's the two camps that you just sort of outlined, right? Like, I think, and it's, it's you know, you got me thinking about, like, what celebrity used to look like and what it looks like now. And, like, not everybody wanted to chase fame and fortune. Uh, but I think especially now you see, I think kids are growing up and seeing so many people get into trouble and lose their jobs and whatnot over, like, what they post or say online uh, to the degree that maybe they're taking that as a warning and saying, like, okay, either I need to be really smart about what I put online or I need to recognize that, like, I'm a dumb kid uh, because all kids are dumb to some extent, right? And so are adults, but whatever. Um, and they, you know, sort of retreat back into their like more closed off spaces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do, I don't think the influencer culture is going anywhere anytime soon. And I almost would expect that um, it would almost only ha- expand just based on pure anecdotal evidence. Like it just seems like so many more people who I'm friends with are trying to break into that world in weird and strange ways oh here's um, here's a, an idea that just struck yeah. me that i wanted to talk about you reminded me what do you think about this people wanting to be celebrities is not new so you are we were kids and you see a rock star you see a basketball player you're like man i wish i could be him or her that's the coolest thing ever and maybe you work toward becoming that person because you think it's you want to play guitar and you want to be cool right and in that time, if you couldn't achieve, if you couldn't, if you were just bad at basketball or bad at singing, then the ride was over. Like you, you'd, you'd, you'd kind of fail at that career aspiration. And then everyone who wanted to be famous would be like, well, I never made it. So I guess I'll just do what I, you know, do what I do, be an accountant, whatever. But now is there a difference in that your average YouTuber is not necessarily the most talented, amazing person in the world. And so kids and adults are looking at that saying like, well, I'm not, Le- I'll never be LeBron James, but I could be this guy. And so therefore it feels way more attainable and you can just do it. Like you can't just join the NBA, but you can just make a YouTube channel and start uploading videos. And therefore we have this sort of rampant creator culture for better or worse. Yeah, I mean, that's it. The barrier to entry is super low, and that's kind of like both the sort of thrill and the detriment of that field, right? Like there's, and as you said earlier, like there's so much bad content out there, like people do get washed or weeded out. Um, but like if you learn how to swim really quickly in that world, you know, anybody can really do it. You got a good point. Well, this was this was the hope of the internet, right? That it would that it would support all these smaller markets and all these local things and, and, and there'd be a, and, and we'd be able to find find we'd be able to find communities that we weren't able to find before to support smaller artists. But it's funny because D- Douglas Rushkoff writes about this in uh, throwing rocks at the Google bus, right? This was the hope of the long tail. Uh, but it hasn't quite worked out that way, right? To the point that the most played artists on Spotify are are the same ones that we probably would have had ten years ago, just to a far greater degree. And and you know, yes, everybody has has a megaphone now, but the megaphone that the that the established classes have is that much louder. 
and it's uh and it, it drowns us all out to to some effect yeah well agree but but I, maybe i would make the point that that we are not dr- fully drowned out in that uh, you know there were five bands on the radio when we were kids and now there still are uh, to your point or on spotify too but but i i I guess I like I don't really watch TV anymore. I watch like 20 YouTubers who make outstanding things and I throw them all a buck on Patreon and that's my media culture now and I I love it. And these people are not making millions of dollars. They're making a living wage making YouTube videos uh, through merch, uh, branded sponsorships and Patreon and then Kickstarter and things like that. And I think that's amazing because like, if 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 that wasn't happening, they would just be waiting tables or working in yeah. an office. And what a waste of their talent because these are genuinely, amazingly talented people. And also maybe they're not talented. Maybe I just like watching them because they're just fun or funny or interesting. I, you know, I think it's yeah, great. There is some inherent contradiction in what you're saying, though, because like at the, at the same time, like you're saying that, you know, you don't have to have the talent of a, of a LeBron James, but like the people who you are like so much that you're watching and paying to watch what what is available to you for free, uh, which is, you know, you're not giving them a ton of money, but like it's still a significant thing to do. Um, you know, they are talented people. Right. So it's yes. like the bar- the barrier to entry is super low but the barrier to stardom remains pretty high i would say well, yes but i would say that there is a gatekeeper in the nba that only lets you know 50 of the best players in the world into that club and youtube so these are bad analogies i'm comparing sports with like you know media entertainment it's not quite right but um youtube would let sort of a or let's say the internet would let a medium tier of like super talented people who would never get television shows and they would never get record contracts, but they can still make a really good living at this sort of middle tier where there's huge audience that really wants this stuff. Uh, The sports analogy is like the really popular and successful minor league team. mm -hmm. I think is, is the best possible approach. Okay. Uh, where you've got like people who are not going to make the pros but are like super good you know you go see like a minor league baseball game or minor league hockey game or whatever and like there's just still some of the best athletes at their sport in the world uh they're just not at sort of the level or they're on their way there or they won't get you know what i mean that makes sense um so like similar deal Mm -hmm. but like yeah totally and and this idea that like sure in Minneapolis, there's a market for minor league baseball. It's like, oh, who right, knew? Right. Well, yeah, lots of people want baseball in the same way that lots of people want beauty vloggers. They they, they want it. We didn't know that until the internet happened. To, yeah, to totally. to this earlier question about about ten years out and 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 the landscape there, I, I'm I'm thinking about right now how we're seeing. You know, we uh, ten years ago we grew up in or, or we came out in this sort of like like mega forum era where where everybody's content was open to everybody on youtube facebook didn't really have great privacy controls back then like it it, twitter twitter had it was and still is completely open and completely available uh and we're starting to see a backlash or we're we're already in the backlash to that right now right and we're seeing people silo themselves off into group chats and 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 sort of back into sort of a clan a clan interaction online, right? The certainly, certainly the open forums, the mega forums still exist, but, but 
there's but we're, we're i think we're seeing a flourishing of of smaller forms too of whatsapp and signal and these sorts of things and i'm i'm yep. i'm wondering if if we're going to see this cycle ad nauseum forever and 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 maybe even get to the point where these two things are happening concurrently and the way that the, that that big brands keep enticing us to come out of these silos is with new communications advances that that are as fun as as facebook used to be and, and as twitter used to be right so like like when vr becomes a thing like all of a sudden we all come out for vr now we're all in in this big open web and we see we see a new generation of influencers and we all start peddling to each other and, and is that is that how this cycle plays out? I don't know that there has been enough mass media in history to know. Meaning, I'm I, I was going to ask you guys for to to, to identify if this cycle has played out uh, one or two generations ago, but like all we had was radio and television. Like that, th- there was no other cycle. So we, I don't think we know yet how that will repeat or if it will. Or if it will become something totally different, like you said. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I kind of I could see the internet, like, and the you, you know you kind of mentioned the open web, and like I could see this sort of experiment we've had for the last ten or fifteen years, kind of just going away at some point. Like it already feels like the internet's closing off and siloing off to some degree. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the appetite, like there will be platforms for people who want that audience and want to try to grow that audience. But I think the everyday person's appetite for this large broadcast type network is not going to be there anymore. I think you're going to want your sort of closed groups and like, you're still going to want to be able to find your people from high school or whatever. Um, But even that like Facebook grew on the back of first people trying to find each other at their own schools while they were still in school. And then families like, like, you know, you know, parents and stuff being like, Oh, let me go find my like high school, you know, buddies or whatever and track them down. Um, But like, I don't know. Like, is that useful at all? Once, once you've made that connection of like, oh, cool, he's a mechanic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so much of that utility goes away, and I think that like you could do so much of what most people use like Facebook for. You could do with a fairly closed off ecosystem of just like send your family a link, and they will will all be in this one like family pod together or whatever, and we'll post our photos and stuff. Yeah, well, that's exa- that's algorithmically, I think, what Facebook already is. I think you're right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you're, you're, you're hinting at a larger existential question that is probably a different show, like a different uh, episode, but it's this idea that like, Will the open web, will the open internet completely go away because corporate platforms are just so darn ubiquitous and so powerful that we don't need, we want smaller communities, but if those are served up by companies instead of like open platforms like the World Wide Web and email and things of that sort... Uh, does the internet go away as we know it? Yeah, I'm not even sure we want open platforms as much anymore. And I mean, like, they have their benefits, and I'm pro open. Like, don't get me wrong, but I think for most people, like, look at what's going on. For instance, with email and like spam phone calls, you could consider you can consider phones like the first open network, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But like, eighty percent, we talked about this before. Like, eighty percent of what you get on the phone is some spammer you know spoofing your area code to try to sell you tick you like yeah you know try to trick you into oh giving them you the bank account information that, or whatever right two today um but yeah yeah 
Yeah, same. Um, but let's, uh, yeah, that's a good one for a future episode. Okay. And same with email. Like I, I, I imagine most emails spam, like billions and billions right. of min- uh, every second of spam. God, I hope yeah. the future of social is email. I hope that's what happens. <laughs> Me too. I hope- Seriously, well, yeah, I, I, I like did I email. say this? Did I say this on a pre- on our Not show or somewhere else? But like, email is the last open, uh, open platform. Meaning, I can use Gmail. You can use Yahoo. You can use yeah. AOL, and we can all talk to each other, no problem. Name yeah. another thing on the internet that's like that. Uh, yeah. Bitcoin, kind of, but not really. But a little right, bit. Right, right. Yeah, but like, that's <laughs> about right. it. Yeah. Whoa, hot take. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Viva la is email. There, is there Bitcoin uh, communication in, like, I just activated my Siri by accident. What the, oh, go geez. away, Siri. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that, talk about future shock. Um, but is there, like, Bitcoin, you know how, like, some people on Venmo will, like, send each other a penny back and forth and use it as a chat app? Like, is there a oh. Bitcoin chat that goes on? Uh, well, y- y- yes, but but this is a family show, so I think we'll, we'll sp- oh, say yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bitcoin yeah, dating sure, service sure. or yeah, yeah. other, other things. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited for a, our future episode, which we just established is like the future of the open web and what that means for our society. Can we can we handle that as a, as an internet faring uh, generation? We will discuss that and many other topics in the future of the future will not be podcast. Uh, guess what, guys? We have a Gmail address now. Uh, it's very, very complicated. Oh, you're on Gmail. I, will, oh, right. <laughs> I am not on Gmail. I personally have never used Gmail, but I set up a Gmail address for the for the for the company for the podcast. Huh. Uh, it is bear follow follow along with me. It is the future will not be podcast at gmail.com. So just the name of the show. Put the the, the swirly at symbol gmail.com. Huh. You guys, you got it. How many how many cool. followers yeah. do we have on Gmail? Please send a self-addressed <laughs> stamped envelope to. Uh, we would like to hear from anyone who is listening to this show, besides our parents, um, and even then, uh, send us an email. We would like to know what topics uh, you found interesting and what topics you would like to hear about in the future. Uh, we maybe we will read your insights or emails on the show. Uh, we have a website. Bear with me. The future will not be podcast dot com. Uh, there's nothing on that website except links to these episodes. You can click play and you can listen in your web browser. Uh, and also on the open web the, for now. Exactly right. That's what I'm saying. We <laughs> are also on Twitter. I am on. I am definitely on Twitter. Evan, pretty sure is on Twitter. Is not private on Twitter. No. Alex, I, I don't remember. If Alex, he has you, a Twitter account. Have you have you gotten on Twitter yet, man? Yeah, I just started. Oh, nice. um, oh. You know, I've got a couple of followers right, so far. Right. So when did, by all means, when did you get on more. Twitter? Uh, recently-ish, you know. I just kind of like heard about it last week and figured, <laughs> yeah, what's this Twitter okay. thing yep. the kids are talking yep. about? So what's your, what's your handle? What did you choose? My handle is uh, is uh, at Alex James Fitz, F-I-T-Z. Nice. Got it. And Evan, where are you? I am at Evan Engel. Engel is spelled E-N-G-E-L. And you can find me at Matt underscore Silverman. And tweet us your thoughts. Let us know if you're listening. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know how I can improve the show. Uh, And we will see you, hear from you, talk to you, talk at you next time on The Future Will Not Be Podcast. Bye for now. Yesterday.